Welcome back to In The Queue. This is Andrew, your co-host, and I really like it when Adam Sandler does serious roles. I like it a lot. I think every time he's done a serious role, there's only one that I haven't seen, and that's... uh, the one with Don Cheadle. Rain over me. Rain over. Rain over me. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, oh, it's, it's the only one I haven't seen. They actually spelled it out properly as opposed to the Who song. It was actually yes. Rain yeah. over me. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I kind of agree with you, Andrew. My take on things, though, is I'm Phil, your other co-host, and I'm sure the people behind AshleyMadison.com believe there is no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> yeah, I. I was kind of curious about that because it's a very real site and it's featured prominently in this film. Yeah. But we can talk about that when we get into the podcast. The movie that we're talking about this episode is Men, Women, and Children, a Jason Reitman film from last year, mm-hmm. a very recent film. Oh, yeah. Uh, and one that was getting a lot of Oscar buzz early on, but then that seemed to fade away upon its release, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in the podcast. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that conversation and before we introduce Aaron, our returning champion, who has recommended several films for us, uh, I want to tell you how to find us on the web. You can find us on our website, which is www.in-the-q, that's the letter Q.com. And there you can find all of our postings of all of our episodes mm-hmm. as well as uh, a forum through which you can submit listener suggestions like today's film and then you can come on our show and talk with us about those movies uh, it's very exciting we love having people do it so we encourage you to do that indeed uh, you can also do the same thing at our Facebook page which is on Facebook of course you can search for in the queue Q-U-E-U-E, film conversations with Andrew and Phil and there you can as I said, recommend additional films or you can participate in the conversation. You can also find uh, supplemental materials that we are posting uh, regarding the films that we talk about, uh, which is very, uh, very nice. It sort of helps round out your, your appreciation or knowledge of the film. Or sometimes it's just for goofs. Random goofabouts. Random goofabouts. Finally, you can find us uh, on iTunes, uh, searching for In the Queue, Q-U-E-U-E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. And uh, if you find us on iTunes, you can subscribe to our podcast, and all of the episodes will be automatically delivered to you. Uh, It's probably the most efficient way to do it. I recommend the third option. I recommend all three options, because the third option does not allow you to make any recommendations. So you have to go to one of the other two if you want to actually participate in the podcast. And we encourage you to do that. Exactly that. I think the three option plan is probably the best way to go. Yeah. Yeah. You sound like a used car salesman. You sound like Jerry Jerry Lundegaard. Everybody's got to have a day job. (laughs) Uh, As I said. Yeah, but that uh, true code. Yeah. (laughs) That that, that true code. He can knock $100 off that true code. (laughs) So, as I said, uh, Aaron is our uh, returning guest to the show, and he recommended this film, Men, Women, and Children. Uh, Say hi, Aaron, and give us a little bit of a a sort of explanation. Why did you recommend this film, and why did you want to talk about it with us? Uh, Well, uh, I saw it uh, in theaters, and I thought it was really spectacular, actually. And then I saw that it got pretty much nothing but terrible reviews, and uh, I thought like you said, should have been nominated at least probably Adam Sandler at the very least should have been nominated for it. And yeah, didn't, nobody saw it and it was out of theaters pretty quick. 
Yeah, in fact, yeah, according to the according to the IMDb page, it premiered in theaters on October first from 2014 and was removed from all U.S. theaters by October 30th, 2014, and made wow. and made less than a million dollars domestically. Yeah, holy cow! And that's a major dud. That is a colossal flop. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, uh, let me give everybody kind of a brief summary of what the film is about, and then we'll get into the, the conversation proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film concerns a wide cast of characters, uh, some men, some women, some children, ah. uh, as you might expect. <laughs> uh, but at times it's hard to tell who's being more childish, the adults or the kids, and who's being more adult. Um, and that's kind of the idea of this film. This is this fits into a category of film that I think uh, tends to be either deeply appreciated or hated vehemently. <laughs> uh, movies like Magnolia or Shortcuts or you know Crash, uh, Crash, Crash or Babel or you know you know, like any number of, of those kinds of films where it it it, uh, it focuses on a, a a cast of characters whose lives intersect in some way, and they are all facing deep moral questions and, uh, and serious uh, decisions and serious moments in their lives. Uh, and in this particular case, uh, it, it is framed through the lens of technology. So it's a bunch of teenagers and a bunch of adults all navigating their lives through the use of the internet, mm-hmm. whether that is texting, whether that is uh, email communication, whether that is going to illicit websites like AshleyMadison.com, uh, our, to our new sponsor, our new sponsor, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to to uh, engage in extramarital affairs and and the, and the like. Um, the the film is really about what that communication does to us, what the communication uh, can lead to, uh, good or bad. You know how. How an, an over understanding or a lack of understanding of the communication can uh, be a negative thing, um, and it, it's really yeah. I mean, like the these. Uh, I guess we can talk about sort of them individually. It's it, I don't want to give like a a broad summary of every little storyline in this because there's a lot of stuff going on in this film. Well, I mean, you know, I can I can definitely. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, you're good. Go good. Ahead. I was just gonna okay. say it's it's it, you know more specifically about America post nine eleven and. I would come to completely, mm-hmm. essentially rely on technology, as opposed to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sort of yeah, the sort of inhumanity of, of the technology That's, and sort of what that does. To it's us. interesting yeah. that you, you you draw that comparison. I mean, in the film, there is a scene where uh, yeah. a teacher basically tries to get his young students to think about what does nine eleven mean and, all, and 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 so forth, but. How exactly does that tie into the proliferation of the internet and and porn websites and? The- well, I think as much as anything, it's it's just a it's a coincidental thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the rise of the internet as a ubiquitous force. You know, I mean, I think, think two thousand one was also it- the same year that the iPod was released, if I'm not mistaken. Like the first iPod, or two thousand two or two thousand three. So, like, I mean, there were those are there were some major technological shifts happening. At well, the no, time. I mean, yeah, it has, it has to do specifically with that generation of children who have grown up with nothing but the internet and choose it over people a lot of the times. 
Yeah, yeah. In fact, in that scene where the teacher gives them an assignment to go home and talk to somebody who remembers 9-11, I, like, watching that scene, I was like, what? Everybody remembers 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope, nope, not the kids who were, like, little tiny babies at that time. Uh, they don't remember it. And then they, uh, inter- they uh, the kids in question interview their parents, right? Yeah. Adam Sandler yeah. and his wife. Yeah. And then they, they were by Rosemary DeWitt. They were actually um, doing it, which is sort of a, a nice a nice kind of um, you know, counterpoint to the fact that, you know, their sex life is now like a total stalemate. Um, mm-hmm. but then, you know, going back to Aaron, what you were describing is kinda like the the apex before things kind of devolved into tech, technology and kind of, you know, and becoming isolated. Right before that happened was like when they were having sex, right. maybe not the last time they had sex, but it was a, you know, it was that it was that was maybe going them on. Having sex had to do with the development of humanity in America. Well, I think if, <laughs> if, if, uh, if they don't have sex in the future, then the terrorists will have truly won. They, they will win. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Right, guys. Right. Um, no, but I, I, I actually found this to be a very interesting film and I did not, Looking now at, uh, as we did just before this podcast started, at the um, hatred, the hatred that's been sort of spewed at this film, uh, critically speaking. I mean, it had what a thirty-eight, thirty-six on uh, on Metacritic, thirty-one I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, thirty-one on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that's unheard of. That's Transformers, bad. yeah. Uh, and I just didn't see it like i can understand if people thought it was a little bit uh, pretentious perhaps or if it was a little bit um heavy-handed in its message Mm -hmm. uh i can understand that because i think that there's probably a a fair uh criticism to be made of the film in that regard but i actually thought it was very deft in the way that it navigates this idea of of uh electronic communication and how it and how it works and how it functions and some of it i think was very cinematically fascinating great mm-hmm. like the really the, well the, done the uh, all the information above all the people's heads when they're in the, the kids when they're in the cafeteria i thought was great and the yeah. superimposing of a lot of the stuff was fantastic superimposition yeah the superimposition over uh, often when they're communicating uh, that we will see superimposed what they're typing or what they're texting as they are they're standing in, you know, in the shot per- performing. Well, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the negative reviews are saying stuff like, "Oh, he's he's old beyond his years. He's just gotten old and cantankerous, and he's just yeah, just." You mean Jason Reitman? Yeah, Jason Reitman. And it's like there's so much energy in this movie. The way he shoots it, it's it's yeah. I just don't I don't get it. Well, and and actually, I think that one of the criticisms that they they sort of what you're talking about that kind of like he's old and cantankerous and he has this sort of hatred for the technology and he's getting really preachy. I mean, that's what these, these little blurbs from these reviews seem to right, and they, center. But it on. doesn't represent the end of the movie very well. Well, not, not only does it not re- represent the end of the movie, it also doesn't resent represent that. It's also a positive force in, in some ways in this, like it's not, it's not a unilaterally uh, negative view of technology. In fact, it, 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 uh, specifically in the in the case of one of the stories in this film is uh, a young man 
whose father is played by uh, Dean Norris. Um, he who is who we know as Hank from Breaking Bad, uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, and he's great in this film. I thought he was great yep. in this film. Mm-hmm. And uh, his son, uh, who I believe is played by Ansel Elgort, if I'm not yes, that's mistaken, um, he he plays football and he's like a star running back on the football team, but he doesn't like football and he's has quit football. At the beginning of the film, he's quit football and he spends a lot of his time online playing. MMORPGs and the community that has like formed for him in that becomes like the way that he can cope and the way that he can talk about the problems that he has at home and that and having that community allows him then to also be able to reach out to this girl that he starts to fall in love with right and communicate with her and and so the the technology is not it's it's a very positive force in his life and for, for the most part. And, and I her, won't, I won't for her too, even though her mom yeah. suppressive. I mean, that is her escape is the internet as well. Yeah. And it allows her to be, to express herself and it allows her to, uh, to be her own person and, and have an outlet. Yeah, I yep. think that it's not so much that this movie is criticizing the technology. It's just criticizing what we do with it. Uh, right. It's, a, it's more, yes. it's more critical of the human beings than the technology itself. Yeah. And the abuse of the technology or the, uh, the silliness of how we have chosen to yeah. allow it to dominate our lives. Right, the, in- yeah. the inability to control our involvement with technology. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I think that this movie is just kind of a, a pleasant watch, too, because, yeah. because uh, it's dealing with stuff that you don't see in movies hardly at all. Um, I think I, I, I thought uh, especially the uh, the porn addiction from the Adam Sandler son I thought was handled really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and also Adam yeah. Sandler's involvement too. I was kind of had some uh, some nice pleasant flashbacks of uh, Punch Drunk Love when he was yes. uh, with that with that <laughs> escort. Um, yeah, yeah, so, but um, yeah, and and uh, maybe that's why he was cast in that role too. Um, <laughs> maybe, but uh, yeah, and and everybody's been touched by these things, and so it's it's nice to sort of see it out in the open and people talking about it, and 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 it's nice to see somebody's opinion on it made into a film. Yeah, um, and um, I think maybe. One reason why the critics kind of latched onto it. This might also be like a Heaven's Gate syndrome, where the the first bad review that comes out is followed yeah. up with every other bad review. People who are kind of jumping on the bandwagon. Um, yeah. But but it really this movie really does try in earnest to address mm-hmm. this issue of addiction to the internet and and Facebook and porn and all that. And uh, and it does want to sort of start a dialogue among its yeah. viewers. And uh yeah. and it, it maybe it's I wouldn't so much call it pretentious as I would call it maybe overly earnest because I think its right. intentions are very pure and good and then maybe for jaded critics that's kind of lame. I you know, I don't even know that it necessarily only applies to the critics as well. I think that we have reached this kind of weird point in our culture where things that are done in earnest are viewed with suspicion and uh and contempt i think that if if people are trying to be genuine uh we view that as uh 
disingenuous. So maybe if he had done it more in like Juno, but in this setting, people would have been like, "Oh, it's snarky. It's fun. It's a great yeah, movie." Yeah, it's snarky. It's like it's oh, it's tongue in cheek. It's like Juno you know, wasn't like, good, but it wouldn't have applied well here. Yeah, no, yeah, the same, the same uh, tone sort of tone would not have applied. And I think that that's that has a lot to do with the writing. Um, you know, obviously Juno was written by Diablo Cody, mm-hmm. um, and and she's she's kind of got that uh, that edge to her to begin with, right? Um, but this, uh, you know, I I it's it's something that I have a problem with because I love things that are that just sort of commit themselves, yeah, really really hard. They wear their heart um, on their sleeve. Yeah, yeah like which I, like I, I, think, I think Jason Reitman does in every movie. And I think he's yeah. super underrated. I, I mean, even as far as like Labor Day was concerned, I thought it was a good watch as well. And I think that starting with Young Adult, we've just seen like people just not pay attention to him at all for some reason. It's really- yeah, it was uh, those first three movies. Like people were just loved him, yeah. just loved him to death. And Young Adult was they were so totally good, behind him. And it was just like, oh, here's uh, one nomination and nothing else. Yeah, I you know I I feel like. Um... I th- I feel like we almost punish people who uh, who do that sort of wearing their heart on their sleeve, and I do think that Jason Reitman is one of those directors, and I think that he is very earnest, and I think that that's what makes his films good, and that's actually I think what allows him to get really excellent performances out of his actors. Uh, I think it, it's what makes them very compelling and watchable, and and I I really don't get it in this case. I and do you know, not. But- None Understand. of the critics that I even read talked about how good the acting was. They didn't even mention it. It was just yeah. all about, oh, this is just such a, a dreary hatred of technology. Maybe in some they, yeah. like in some they level, tried to take the humanity out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe on some level, like people just didn't really have an opportunity to give this movie much of a chance. I mean, consider maybe. considering it was in and out of theaters in twenty nine days. Uh, yeah. Maybe this is the kind of movie that needed kind of like that kind of groundswell of a uh, of public opinion to kind of carry it through and, and, and yeah, make some word of mouth. Yeah, make yeah. it like a successful art house movie like so many art house movies right. do rely on word of mouth. But I mean that's really terrible. Like I mean, it made less than a million and uh, frankly I uh this could be one of those movies that was a flop in theaters but successful in VOD and downloads and ironically, right? Or yeah. maybe appropriately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I enjoyed the film. The only thing that I could think about that maybe was lacking was that it, in a way it kind of reminded me of like a something on TV um, in the sense that kind of like the, the craft of filmmaking apart from the – you know, the bubbles of text that appeared above people's heads, which I've seen elsewhere, too. Um, aside from that kind of artistic conceit, it's kind of a blandly photographed movie. Um, it's it's really not, there's nothing sort of that, you know, kind of artistic or, or exciting about the way it's filmed. I mean, it, other than that, like, it's just it's just something interesting to watch, but... I, it, yeah, it, but I I don't think that that's uh, I don't think that's out of character for Reitman's films. I mean, I think that like he is more concerned with the the people. Yeah, I think right? it's, it's in line with Up in the Air. Yeah, as far I mean, as Up I'm in the Air doesn't have anything I would call like spectacular, you know, cinematography that's like blowing our minds. It's it's not you know, it's not 
there will be blood level oh, no. imagery. I, I, don't you know, expect, like, I don't expect there will be blood or any kind of like impressive <laughs> vistas or anything like that. I'm just although saying. Although like, I did think the, the music was actually really good. I did too. It was a good soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, it like, had a really excellent soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, as with most of his films, I think that the focus is really on the individuals, on the, the characters and the lives and what's happening in their lives. And in that regard, I just thought this was really great. I mean, I thought that they were all really excellent. Rosemary DeWitt, who, uh, who was in Rachel getting married and was so spectacular in that she was great in this very nuanced performance. I thought all of the, the kid actors were really excellent. Um, there were a couple of moments where I was sort of like, Oh, you're kind of phoning in your lines, but, uh, but for the most part, I think that they were all very excellent. Dean Norris, as I said, was really excellent. Adam Sandler was great. In <laughs> I, I love watching him do straight roles. I mean, I think that he, when he is given the opportunity to play it straight, he has knocked it out of the park every time I've seen him. So I don't understand why it doesn't. Why he keeps making movies like Grown Ups and Grown Ups Two. <laughs> well, you know, they, or, that'll or, pay the or, bills or so that he can make movies like this. Yeah, yeah. They, they should have pushed him more as a, a main character or something to get more people to show up, I think. That might yeah, have had a backlash, well. though, that, that Punch Drunk Love had where people were expecting, oh, here's another Adam Sandler movie. Wait a minute. This but is yeah. not Drunk what Love I had in mind. Did make more than a million, though. So That's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, yeah, this will probably go down as the movie that made the least money for Adam Sandler, right? <laughs> <laughs> Out of everything he's probably released, this is probably at the bottom. That's a little sad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I really think that this is a very deft and intelligent film. I do think that uh, it, there's a possibility that you may feel like it's preaching to you. I don't know that it is, um, or if it is, I don't think that it's as clear cut as people seem to think it is. Um, I liked it. I just liked it. I liked it too. And interestingly, this is a it's a collaboration between Jason Reitman, who adapted this book that it's based on, and uh-huh. Aaron Cressida Wilson, who uh, is or was a college professor. She taught at my alma mater, Duke. And, oh wow! And she was also the screenwriter behind the film Secretary, with oh, Maggie nice. Gyllenhaal and James. Oh Spader. yeah. So she's kind of oh, yeah. she's kind of navigated deviant sexuality uh through her career <laughs> well chloe as well that the movie about uh with amanda seyfried about the right stripper yeah right call girl whatever it was something like that i escort she was an escort i think i think that was in theaters less than 29 days <laughs> yeah that's possible that's very possible um do you guys you guys yeah i assume you noticed jason reitman's cameo in this movie did you not notice Who- who was he? He was um, Tim's doctor, the, the, the guy who tried to kill himself. Was he? I was, I was wondering about that. Yeah. I didn't know whether that was Jason Reitman, though. And I think, I, I think he did it because he wanted to strike just the right tone of Bedside Manor. Um, and, cause, and seeming un, un-actorly. Because that's part of what I noticed about like Sort of what called my attention to it was I was like, this is very non-actorly. <laughs> performance natural (laughs) yeah yeah and then of course um emma thompson did the narration yes yes 
which is great. Um, which, which, which was great, but I think also might have led to that idea that it was really pretentious because it, <laughs> it, it opens and closes on, uh, you know, it's got British, British you know, Emma Thompson uh, quoting Carl Sagan and talking about how insignificant we all are and how that makes it all the more important that we be kind to one another because, uh, because of our, you know, how much, how much we don't matter in the grand scheme of things, which is sort of the philosophical conclusion that the young football player comes to, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that actually is very comforting for him. It yeah. is very comforting, mm-hmm. but is treated as, you know, a, uh, a, a wrong thing to be feeling, uh-huh. you know? Um, so yeah, it's really fascinating. I think it's actually a, I think this is, this might be one of those films that people come back to a few years from now and they're like, oh man. Yeah. We were, we were wrong about that movie. I hope so. I, I hope so too. I could see that happening. But as I said, these kinds of films tend to polarize people. I mean, I love Magnolia. Some people hate Magnolia. I love Crash. I don't. <laughs> a lot of people hate Crash. So, you know, that's, uh, it happens with these kinds of films. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does come with my recommendation. Uh, I, I know that it comes with Aaron's recommendation because he suggested it for the podcast. Indeed. Uh, and I recommend and it I, as well. Yeah, it's solid. It's solid. Go check it out, folks. Uh, and join us for our next podcast when we will be talking about the new release Danny Collins hoo-ah hoo yeah <laughs> I wonder if that's going to happen in the film somehow I doubt it yeah uh, it's the new Pacino film it's been getting some pretty uh, pretty good notices people have been talking about it so uh, join us for that episode thank you again Aaron for suggesting this film because uh, I don't know when I would have gotten around to it watching it if it hadn't been for you suggesting it Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. We'll catch you next time.